We're doing now what we're going to do today is we're starting a brand new series called Crushed, all right? Called Crushed. And if you can look at the, I'm going to put the slide in a minute. There's going to be a really small little uh, text there that you can't read. But when it comes to being crushed, here is the bottom line it is how to deal with disappointment, all right? How to deal with disappointment. Anybody disappointed you show up today so far? Hopefully not. If it was a yes, then I was like, all right, get ready. Here we go. All right, because ain't going to happen. That's not going to, you're going to keep on feeling that way. And so we're dealing with disappointment, which is something we all deal with, we all experience, right? Who has ever at any point in your life been let down by someone? Raise your hand. Somebody let you down. Okay. Raise your hand if you've ever gone to a restaurant and you paid money thinking this was going to be amazing and you were disappointed in the service or in the food or whatnot. All right. You ever gone to a movie thinking, oh, this is going to be awesome. And you watched it and you were disappointed. Yes or no. Right. Everybody. Have you ever disappointed someone else? All right. That's the reality of it all. Listen, have you ever disappointed yourself? That's the reality of it, yo. That's the reality of it. And like one time, I, like I was trying to think, I mean, there's no, there's not one area in my life that I cannot rem or think of, you know, times where, yeah, I've definitely messed up or disappointed myself, disappointed somebody else, whether it is a husband, a parent, a son, a friend. I have disappointed others, you know, I've disappointed myself too. In fact, there was one in particular, as I was, you know, thinking about today, I'm actually standing over the scene of the crime. Actually, no, it's over there. All right. And so over there. Now, you can't see if you where you're at, but there is an outlet over there on the floor. And I was, one day I was here, and we, this was when we started building this building, and we were doing things, we were making some upgrades. I was the only one in the room. I was left alone with tools. Somebody help me. Don't let that happen again. Okay? Somebody left me alone with tools in this room. Don't do that again. You'll see why. So I'm over here. I'm installing things. And I noticed I went to go plug in that piano. And I, when I went to go plug in that piano, I realized that there was a plastic covering that was keeping me from plugging in the thing. I'm like, who's the genius who installed this? Because I can't plug it in. There's a blocker there. There's a plastic. So I'm, who's the genius who did this? I'm like, Ugh. I found a tool. So then I unscrewed the cover, popped the cover off. And then I noticed that the blocking the, the plastic barrier was inside of the outlet itself. And so I'm like, who's the genius manufacturer who builds outlets like this? There, there's a plastic guard there. I, I mean, this doesn't, this is stupid. I'm trying to figure out how I can pop that off to see if I can remove the plastic. It's not working. So then I'm like, all right, whatever. I take a flathead screwdriver. You follow me on this? I take a flathead screwdriver. I line it up. Where the outlet is. Okay, Isaac, you're an electrician. I'm going to disappoint you right now, okay? I line up the flathead screwdriver. Get it ready. All right? Pop that junk on and poof, smoke. <laughs> okay? That's when it hit me. I, I said this out loud to myself. Did I just put a screwdriver in a live outlet? Oh, I was so disappointed in myself. I was so horribly disappointed in myself. Again, no, I am not allowed to be alone with tools ever. Okay, please help me. Y'all, I'm just telling you, but look, vouch for me. Look, Alicia, there's my wife. She's vouching, right? Don't do that. Okay, I'm not like that. So I was super disappointed in myself because, again, listen to my line of thinking. Who's the genius who, built, who put this in there? By the way, 
I didn't get the email. I didn't get the notification. I didn't get the text message, not the hashtag. None of y'all tagged me when, okay, now we're making outlets brand new with like a guard. No one told me, all right? I had no clue. I thought this was new. To, it was new to me. So it was uh, ironic in the sense I would say, man, who's the genius who built it? Who's the genius who put this in? Well, I'm the genius who put a screwdriver in an outlet. So I was... I know y'all disappointed now in me too. I'm like, that's my, that's my pastor. Oh my, that's my pastor. Anyways, I'm just still disappointed in myself as well. But regardless, see, that's a, it's a reality of it, guys. Look, you are going to be let down. You are going to be disappointed by someone, by something. You are going to disappoint yourself or someone else. And so for over the next couple of weeks, we're going to break that down. How can we best deal with disappointment? Because disappointment is a reality of life. But here's the other part of that. Disappointment is a reality, but you can experience real results if you go to God when you are disappointed. And I know some of y'all are going to be like, wait, but what if God is the one who disappointed me? You ever thought like that? Has that, Have you ever felt that God has disappointed you? You threw up a prayer and you felt like it just fell flat. You wanted, you, God said you did this and you were going to do it. I don't know. And then it didn't turn out the way. You had your hopes, you had your dreams, you had your prayers, and it didn't work out. So that's going to be the point of today is how can you go to God if you're disappointed if you feel like even God has disappointed you? And so we have to look at really who is God? Who is God? In fact, I, I got this image if we can put up. It's the one with the reality and expectations. See, this is what disappointment looks like, all right? There is a distance between reality and expectations, and there's a gap that exists. In fact, you could just skip the other one. There's a, it says expectations, realities. This is what it looks like. That's what disappointment looks like. Y'all tracking? This is what it looks like. So here, reality expectations. Every time, every time your reality does not meet your expectations, there's a gap. That's you are let down. That's disappointment. So you could have, let's say, uh, what expectations? Uh, I don't know. Let's say a career. Let's say you have an idea of an expectation of what a career is going to be. It was like, yeah, I'm going to start this. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. I got this new job. You have high expectations for this job. You go to that job. You're going to start a new school. High expectations for a new school, a new stage, right? You got married. High expectations for a new relationship that you have. High expect. You got that bonus. Now you got, you know, you got some stacks now, so it's different. High expectations. High expectations. And then when reality doesn't match what you were expecting disappointment that's what the gap is that's the reality of it and this could be for you this could be for you Do you guys know that you all deep down you have expectations for yourself you have expectations for yourself you have hopes and dreams for yourself you want to be better do better and when your reality does not match match your own expectations for yourself you are disappointed in yourself here in this gap you know what we develop in this gap defense mechanisms we develop defense mechanisms. In this gap, we establish low self-esteem. When your reality does not met your, match your expectations about who you are, you develop low self-esteem. And then you try to create defense mechanisms to, instead of improving it or fixing it, you then try to, I don't know, compensate for that, to feel better about yourself. Because there's a gap. You're living in the gap. You're living in a gap there. That's what, that's what disappointment looks like when you're constantly in that. And there's too many people. Look, you and I, we fall in this gap all the time. There's a lot of people, though, who don't just fall in it. They live there. They stay there way too long. 
they stay there way too long. And the good news is that you don't have to. And we're going to talk about the thing here today, how to get you out of that gap, how to get you out of that gap. And now over the whole series, we're going to look at, bless you. Over the whole series, we're going to look at King David. So y'all following King David? That's the guy. If you don't know, you heard the stories. He's the one who killed David. Um, David. David killed David. Listen to me. It was David and Goliath. All right, David killed Goliath. That whole story, making sure y'all awake. And so he actually, we're going to look at four different psalms over the next couple weeks. And David wrote many of these. And the Psalms, if you don't know, it's like in the smack middle of the Bible. It's one of the biggest book. It's 150 something chapters, 150 Psalms in it. And David wrote a good chunk of these. And the reason why people love them, in fact, they're the, the second most, one of the most popular sections of the Bible. You guys know why? Because it's so real. It's so raw. It is so full of emotions. In fact, the Psalms were like the hymn book of the whole nation. These were the lyrics that, of poems and that people would sing to all the time. And so this mattered. This was really important. There was a lot in here. And again, there was a lot of raw and real emotions. And David documented a lot of how he confronted disappointment when he was disappointed by others, when he was disappointed in himself. We find that in the Psalms. But we're going to look at one Psalm today, which is really interesting. And it is Psalms 145. It's Psalms 145. Uh, And we're going to look at the second half of it. And to me, what makes it interesting is that Psalms 145 is assumed to be David's last psalm. Okay, his last words that he penned to paper. And so imagine, guys, you, I want you to imagine yourself. You're sitting out, you're old now, a whole lot older. You're at the end of your life. You know you don't have much time left. And you got one thing that you want to say. This is the last Twitter post you're going to put out there. Okay, the last snaps, you know, whatever. The last tag, the last this, the last whatever. What would you do? What would you say? Imagine you are thinking, you are now old and you are reflecting back in, on your life. What you lived, how you lived, and you wanted to say one last thing. Your last dying words, what would you do? What would you say? See, if this was me, I'm looking back at my life would it be really hard to, if, I don't know if you've ever done this exercise, okay, where you, you're just thinking about that and like, what regrets would you have? You know, there's a lot of people, there's, there's hardly anyone who ever, when they look back at their life like that, they hardly ever think, I'm like, you know what, I wish I would have done, I wish I would have spent more time in the office than less at home. You know, no, no one does that. You know, I, I, I wish I would have, I wish I would have spent more of my money just for, no. Usually it's the small things, it's the little things that many people took for granted, right? I wish I would have spent more time with my kids. I wish I would have gone on more dates. I wish I would have done this, done that, you know, with my wife and the husband, whatever. The little things that we take for granted. David is at the end of his life. He's an old man, and he wants to write something down as he's looking. And we know, because we have it documented here, when we look at David, when we look at David, we know that David disappointed God a lot. He made a lot of mistakes. David disappointed other people. He wasn't the best dad. You know, wasn't the best husband at times, wasn't the best king. I mean, he was good. Dude. I mean, there's so many things that we acknowledge and look up to him, but we have to admit, dude was flawed. Dude was flawed, and he disappointed himself a lot. Yet when he looks back at his life, do you know what he doesn't say in Psalms 145? He did, never brings up one disappointment. He never brings up one issue, one fault. In fact, he can't help but to say only one thing when he looks back at his life. So we're going to check it out. Now, we're only going to read Psalms 145, verses 13 through 21. 
And so we're going to look at that. I'm going to read it to you. The first uh, section of it, the first seven, no, first 12 verses, the, all David is doing is he's speaking generalities. He's speaking generalities like, man, God is great. God is merciful. God is good. All of these things. But then in verse 13, which we're going to pick up right now, there's something that shifts. There's a focus that changes. And now he goes into the details of what it looks like. So I'm going to read, I'm going to read it for you. If you have it, you can read it in front of you. If not, I'm going to read it right here. Here we go. Psalms 145, verse 13. David says, your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your domain endures throughout all generation. For the Lord is faithful in all of his works and kind, well, faithful in all of his words and kind in all of his works. Everything, everything that God has ever done. He looks back at his life and everything that he did and he just can't stop but seeing and noticing who God is and how God in everything that God has ever told him, everything that God ever did, he was good and kind. Verse 14, the Lord upholds all who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down. See here, he, when he looks back at his life, he looks and realizes how many times when he was slipping, when life was falling apart, there was God. Every single time when life was falling apart, there was God. And that word bowed down, by the way, just a heads up. I, I, I know maybe you read it and you think, you know, okay, like bowed down like an honor or just, you know, your majesty, things like that. The word bowed down is imagine, look, we live in Florida. You know, what, you know what this looks like. Imagine a tree that's bending in the wind of a hurricane. You get that? A tree is bowed down not because it wants to be. Okay, it's bowed down because of the forces that are surrounding it. So here, when David looks back, and he says, man, when the winds of frustration and hurt and pain and disappointment cause me to bend, Lord, there you are keeping me from breaking. That's what he's saying. That's what he's saying. How close that God is in the midst of the storm. God is right there. He notices. He sees that. And then he says, verse 15, the eyes of all look to you. And you give them food in due season. So he says, all who look to you, you satisfy them. And by the way, due season, you know what that means? Not all the time when you want it. Okay? Not all the time when you're expecting. But when you need it the most. He says, every time, God never, never failed. Never failed. Look at this next part here. Your open hand, in your, uh, because of your open hand, you satisfied the desires of every living thing. Now, he, desire, he fulfills the desires of every living thing. Notice David doesn't say he fulfills every desire of everyone. Do you guys know why? Why God does not? And sometimes, you know, some of your prayers are probably are good. You think they're good. It's like, Lord, this is a good thing. Why, why don't you got me my, my back on this? This is a good thing, right? I want this for my family. I want this for, this is a good thing. Listen, a lot of times, and, and we actually know James in the, Old, in the New Testament, he says, God does not answer all of your prayers because sometimes you ask for, with the wrong intentions. You think it's good, but you're, you're selfish or your intentions are not right. And so if God literally gave you every single desire you ever had, it would ruin you. If God literally gave you and fulfilled every desire, every wish, every dream you ever wanted, it would ruin you. Because of the goodness of God, he's not going to do that. By the way, okay, can we do a little exercise here? All right. Let's say you, you know, you, most people pray. Um, you know, so a lot of people admit to pray. This one's going to hurt. All right. This one's going to hurt. Turn around tell somebody. Get ready. Because it's going to hurt. All right. Get ready. It's going to hurt. Get ready. Tell somebody it's going to get ready. It's going to get real real quick. All right. Y'all about to be exposed. Ready? 
If God answered every one of your prayers, who other than you would be happy? I'm going to break that one down. <laughs> you go, right? you go. If God answered every prayer you ever uttered for the last, let's say, two weeks, who other than you would be happy? Meaning, do you, how often do you pray for others compared to yourself? You see that feeling? If God answered all your prayers, you'd be happy because I'm pretty sure we all, I mean, the tendency is we pray about us and focus on us. Who other than you would be happy? And so, again, God, listen, he fulfills the desires of every person. He doesn't fulfill every desire because you guys know that there's a need deep down inside that you have that you don't even realize. And God says, look, that's the one. I'm going to fulfill your true desires, your desires for significance, your desire for hope to be known and loved. I got you on that one. That's a prayer I will always answer. And David says, I've seen you do it. Everyone, your open hand, meaning God's generous, man. He's just out there just, all right, open hand, let's go. I, I got it. Come and get it. Next one, the Lord is righteous. He repeats himself. The Lord is righteous in all of his ways, kind in all of his works. I love this. Look at this. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. You don't got to yell too far like, like hey. Jesus, you know, you don't got to like yell like to get his attention. He's busy. He's off wandering and you got to like flag him down. You don't got to do that. He says he's he's near. He's right near. Like, oh, oh, there you are. OK, like he that close. Like you don't got to yell. You don't got to yell at him. He's not far off. He's not distracted. He says he is close to all who call, close to all who call. When you call in truth, meaning when you mean it. When you believe it, David says, I look back at my life and every time I called you, you were there. Every time I ran away from you and I turned around to call you to come back there, you were chasing me and I'm running from you. There you were. You satisfied every one of my true desires. And David was one that he tried to fulfill his own desires and got himself in trouble. And God was always there to fulfill those. Look at the next one here. He Again, he repeats himself. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He, is also, he also hears their cries and saves them. He repeats himself. And by the way, that fear, because some of y'all, maybe you're not, not sure what that means. That is not like a afraid of you fear. It is an awesome feeling. It is you looking at somebody and you be like, wow. Okay? Like, yo. Those he says, uh, he says, the he, uh, no, what was that? he fulfills the desires of those who fear him. Meaning, it doesn't matter how awful your circumstances are. When you can see how awesome God is in the midst of it, he makes a difference. It doesn't matter how awful your circumstances are, God's still awesome. It doesn't change his mood. It doesn't affect and, and change who he is. This is, this, uh, it's, this is super inspiring. And then you get the one little one-liner here that's like... Ah, now it ruined it. Not really. Watch this. The Lord preserves all who love him and all the wicked he will destroy. Right? And so like, it was so positive up until there. Okay? This is so nice. Okay, look. I, I got to get you on that one. Okay? He, every time David is looking back at his life. Remember, he's old now. He's looking at his life. And he says, all you preserve all who what? What does he say? All who love him. So those who put their trust in him, confidence in him, you preserve. Those that don't are destroyed. David is looking back at a life and realizes, wow, everybody who ever put their trust in God, God came through. And the whole thing about God will destroy. This is not something that he does. It's something that happens. All right, look, uh, who got a refrigerator at the house? Y'all got refrigerators, right? Why do you have a refrigerator? Right when you get groceries, why, like, again, what, like the, the milk and the meat? Why do you put your, those things, milk and meat, inside a refrigerator and not in the cupboard? 
it's going to go bad fast, right? It's going to go bad super fast. Why? Why do we put them in a the refrigerator? Because of the science, right? The cold actually slows the decaying process down. It makes everything last longer. So imagine Jesus is a refrigerator. God's a refrigerator. And so those who put their trust in him are the ones that are inside the fridge. And he preserves you. He keeps you. He does. That's what he's doing. And if you, and the, you, know, if you are on the outside, you're a gallon of milk in the cupboard, how long are you going to last? That's what he says there. All who place their trust in him, the Lord preserves. Everyone who doesn't is on the outside. You are going to succumb to the consequences of your decisions, of sin, all of those things. But he said, but what's amazing to this, like you would say, oh, God, that's not fair. Uh, what's more amazing is that God lets people in. Each and every one of us, there's not one. That's what David is so shocked, that you let anybody who just trusts in you, regardless of what they've done to become, and they could come in. Wow. And then, again, this is David's last, what we assume to be David's last words. My mouth will speak the praise of the Lord and let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. Let all flesh praise his holy name forever and ever. This is what David is talking about. Now, here's, here's these two things. When I look back, and this is what I feel like David is so in, in awe of, all right? Here's these two points. When David is looking back at his life, he realizes that God is good, how good God is, and that God was actually working for his good even when he didn't, it didn't feel good and even when he didn't feel anything. God was working for his good even when it didn't feel good, even when he didn't feel anything. And guys, this is good news for all of us. Again, what is disappointment again? When your reality doesn't match your what? Expectations. When your reality does not match your expectations, there's a gap. You are let down. And David looks back at his life and sees God was working for my good the entire time, even when it didn't feel good. There was times that God had to you know, to help David out because of David's poor consequences and circumstances. He had to let him feel the consequences of sin, but God was always there. And he didn't feel good all the time. And maybe at the moment, David didn't understand. But now as an old man, he looks back. I'm like, I'm glad God may put me through that. I'm glad it happened. He didn't leave me and he didn't abandon me throughout that process. It didn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. I get it. At the moment. In fact, the kid who just walked out is mine. Okay, his name is Josiah. Josiah, some of y'all guys, some of y'all might know, but Josiah has a really low immunity, and so he has to have a lot, he has to do medication because he has eczema that kind of pops out in his skin and, you know, pretty bad. So there's this one pill that's disgusting, okay, and it's a chewable, all right? I mean, I don't know, it's, it's a chewable one, and it tastes bad, and it, it just, like, lingers in your mouth. You know one of those, that kind of medicine, okay? And he has to take this every night, every night, and so we, I caught him. I caught him do this one time because he thought he was slick. And, bro, he's slick. All right? And he does this. He, he, he's pretty slick, but I caught him. And so he, I saw him open up his bottle, and he did it rather roughly, you know. And so he like, and it just falls out. Like, he kind of uh, uh, knocks it over, really. And then all the pills scatter. Some break. I'm like, oh, no, it's bro oh, oh, it's, oh, it's broken. Oh, it's broken. I caught him stepping on a few. And I'm like, Dad. They broke. Oh, I gotta throw them away. I can't eat them now. Uh, and so he dumps them all in the all in the trash. I'm like, that was good. Okay, that was good. That was hard to me. I was like, okay, that's pretty smart. That's one way to go about it. Don't do that again. Okay, because that's money. Don't do that again. But and so he didn't understand that. Oh, this medicine tastes bad. But I, we had to sit him down. Like, look, buddy, I know it tastes bad. I know it tastes bad, but it's good for you. 
I know it tastes bad, but it's good for you. If you do it, if this is going to make a difference. It's good for you. Because a lot of times there may be things and maybe God, God, why aren't you answering my prayers this way? Why are, am I going to have to do going through this? It should. Does it have to be this difficult? Does it have to be this? And you maybe in the moment you might not see it. Maybe in the moment you might not get it. David, I bet, that's what he's saying. Like there was times that it just didn't feel good to go through things. It didn't feel good. I couldn't see it then. But now I look and I'm like, wow, God was working for my good, even if it didn't feel good. And you know what shocked him even more was God was working for my good even when my attitude wasn't good. Some of y'all need to hear that one. Repeat, say it again. All right. Some of y'all, this is amazing for you. Because David realized my attitude wasn't always good. But despite my bad attitude, God was still working for my good. That's why he says I can't help but to praise this guy. I can't help but to praise God. That I, he kept on working for my good. And then this other one was amazing as well. I guarantee you David is looking at this and says, God was working for my good. He's looking back at his life. And he says, God was working for my good even when I didn't feel anything. Even when I didn't know he was there. I look back later. I'm like, oh, that was you? Look what, I didn't even notice. I didn't feel anything. And you were still working for my good even when I didn't feel anything you did this you did that you did that he's looking back re recapping reviewing his life and he's like oh my gosh really I didn't even feel it and you know what's good news about that for y'all is that God is working for your good even when you don't notice him God is still worth that that's amazing because God's like oh you gonna take me for granted okay I got other people that, you know, I got other people who can appreciate me, okay? Like, that, that, he could totally pull that card. He could totally pull that card. But he said, but in this case, he realizes, David realized, and we need to realize too. We need to realize that even, and that's how good God is. He's how good God is, that there's so much that we haven't noticed, so much that we've overlooked. So many times we didn't feel him, we didn't notice, we didn't see it, but there he was. He was doing something the whole time. Maybe you didn't understand it later, but, but now you, I mean, you didn't stand it at the moment, but now you do later. It's like a plant. Like, I don't know if you've ever tried to plant anything. One time, the, my first attempt in trying to plant something was a jalapeno plant. Okay? I love spicy food. I took a seed, put it in my backyard, planted a jalapeno plant. All right? You, you guys know it doesn't happen, like, out of, in an instant. Okay? It takes time. And so you got to pour water, pour water. Weeks go by, weeks go by, weeks go by. I'm looking at this. And, uh, you know, I, can, well, okay, I don't see anything, but I'm still going to pour water. I still don't see anything. Pour water. And then there's a little shoot. I was like, oh, okay, a little green thing. All right, goes up. There's, I see the bud. There's the jalapeno. It was like, ooh, okay, fresh jalapeno, backyard jalapeno. Let's go. And so I was excited. I was excited until I realized that, I mean, the jalapeno only grew that big. I don't know how. I, it was literally, literally that big. It was that big. That's the last time I buy uh, seeds from, like, the dollar store. Okay? Just don't do it. Okay? It, it's, it's cheap. You're going to get ripped off. That was, that was the size of the jalapeno. That was it. I was done. Okay? One little bite, and it was over. But, but listen, but, you know, but I had to, like, wait, right? Because you didn't see it. Listen, a lot of times, a lot of times you might have surrendered a prayer, surrendered a circumstance, given something, put it in God's hands. And you praying, you watering it, you praying it, you putting faith, you praying it, and you don't see anything. I'm like, God, you ain't doing nothing. God, you ain't seeing, you know, you ain't doing anything. You ain't doing it. I don't see you, God. I don't see you, God. But if you can only see below the surface that the seed has sprouted, the seed is moving, the seed is getting roots, the seed's about to pop, it's going to go. But you complaining because you don't see anything on the surface. When God is doing something on below, underneath, he is working for your good even when you don't see it, even when you don't feel it. So keep going, keep trusting. You know, David said it in due season. That means in the right time. 
Not when I wanted it, not when I thought I needed it, but when I really needed it, God knew. God came through every single time. He looks back at David's life, and, and this is so amazing. You know what David does when he looks back at his life? He doesn't he's not reflecting on his disappointments, which were a lot. David's not looking back at his life as an old man, looking at how many times, yo, if I would have done that, if I would have just done a little more, if I would have done this instead of being a coward, if I would not have done that, man, my life would have been. David can't help but to look back at his life and realize, oh, my gosh, look what all God has done. Look what he has done. Look what he has done despite it all, despite me, despite what I tried to divide my stubbornness or my lack of coordination or co cooperation. God was working for my good all along when I didn't feel good, when it didn't feel good, when I didn't have a good attitude, when I didn't feel anything or notice him doing it, or I gave him the credit. He was still working for my good. God is a good God. That's when with my last breath, he says what? My mouth will speak of God's praises. There ain't nobody like this guy. Nobody like him. Nobody like him. You know what? This gives me a glimpse, I think, of what heaven looks like. Do you guys know that in heaven, I don't know if you know this, but do you know in heaven, when heaven, by the way, being on earth, God's, God's colliding the both together. Do you guys know in the future, when God puts all things said and done, do you guys know you're going to remember earth? You're going to remember this life? It's in the scriptures. It's going to be there. You're going to remember. You're going to have your childhood memories. The ones you have now, you're going to have them. You're going to have them. You're going to remember the, the, you know, all of those things. You're going to remember your life in the next life. And that's why I think that why, you know, when you ever read, like, oh, everybody's praising God, holy, holy, holy. Because I think and then when we get to the next life, Paul says, now I see vaguely, but then I will see clearly. I think you and I are going to remember things. The Spirit will remind us things that we never saw, we never forgot, or, or we just even noticed. And there we're going to see, oh, my gosh, God was working for my good then. I didn't even notice. And God was working there, too, because I didn't see him. I mean, oh, my God, I had a horrible attitude. But, God, that was you. Look, oh, my God, look what you were doing. And so, you know, we're going to look back at our old life, and we're going to can't help but in heaven be like, holy, wow, that's you. Oh, my gosh, man, just giving God the praise and the glory because we're going to see him doing things now in the moment that we didn't feel, we didn't notice, we didn't give him the credit for. So I think eternity is going to be giving God all the due credit that he's due that we didn't give him here on earth because we didn't see it, notice it, or whatever. Yo, that's us. Now, David, David didn't see a lot of this because maybe he was distracted by his disappointments or his faults or his failures. But we can learn. We can learn from this on the proper attitude on what we need to do. You know, God, David looks back at his life, and he can't help but to realize this one thing. David is not looking at his disappointments. He realizes God never disappointed me. God never failed me. Not once, not ever did he fail me. And that's why he says, with my, with my mouth, I'm going to speak praises. And here's what I want then to tell you. Because you don't got to wait till you're old to realize that God has done stuff. You don't got to wait till you realize till you're old on a rocking chair looking back or an ICU thinking, oh, all this stuff, wow, God was good. No, man, you can develop that now. You can develop that now because here is the reality of it all. God is good enough to bridge the gap of your disappointment. God is big enough to bridge the gap of your disappointment. Whatever that is, whatever your expectations were for you and you've let yourself down, you've let others down, others have let you down. God is good enough to bridge that gap. He is good enough and he is working for your good all the time. He is working for your good. In fact, Jesus is the ultimate fulfillment of this. Jesus, let me read it 145 again. 
I'm going to read it for you. And Jesus is the ultimate fulfillment of this. In Psalms 45, I want you to hear this. Jesus' kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and his domain endures forever. For Jesus is faithful in all of his words and kind in all of his works. Jesus upholds all who are falling, and he raises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all, when they look to Jesus, he gives them food in due season. He gives them that true soul food that satisfies their soul. Jesus opens his hand. Your open hand, you satisfy the desires of every living thing. Do you guys know why you and I can have our true desires deep down inside satisfied? Because Jesus opened his hands to hold some nails one day for you. Because Jesus opened up his hands to hold some nails, now you can hold him. And you can find him. Jesus is the ultimate fulfillment of this. It says that Jesus is righteous in all of his ways and kind in all of his works. Jesus is near to all who call on him, who all who call on him in truth. Jesus is close by. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. Also, he hears the cries and he saves them. Jesus preserves all who love him. And the wicked he does not. And let so my mouth will speak praises of my Lord Jesus and let all flesh bless the holy name of Jesus forever and ever. Amen. That's it right there. That's it. That's Jesus right there. He is the ultimate fulfillment of this. And so here's now when it comes to you, then what does this matter? Why does this matter? Because I told you, you're going to find yourself in that gap real soon. Some of y'all in about an hour and a half, no, about maybe three and a half hours, one of your teams is going to disappoint you, okay? One of your NFL teams is going to disappoint you, okay? The Rays came through last night again. We'll see. Maybe we'll disappoint. They don't make the playoffs. I don't know. Look, some of y'all are going to be disappointed all the time, all the time, all the time. But you can, there's something you can do in the gap, something you can do in the gap that's going to make a difference. And that's what David is learning how to do now. That's what David, and, and that's what we need to do is this. Listen, pain should not have the last word. Praise should. Y'all hear me on that? Pain should not have the last word in your life. Praise should have the last word. Praise should have the last word. That's what David was saying. David's last words. David's last words. I know you've been trying to clap for like 30 minutes, and so I know you fell on that one. Okay, listen. David's last words, he can't help but to praise God with his last statement. He didn't want to let his disappointments, his pain, his failures get the last word. He says praise is going to have the last word. Praise is going to have the last word. And that's the attitude, that's the thing that you and I can, when we are in the gap, what do you do? You praise God. You praise God now. You praise through the pain. Now, what I'm telling you is not ignore it. Please listen. There's a lot of people who think, oh, well, if I just praise, then it goes away, right? And I was like, look, this ain't magic like this, all right? Like, you just can't spiritualize the pain away. It doesn't work like that. Some people think, though. Some people think that's what you got to do. If you just pray hard enough, then it'll just fix itself. Instead of you, you know, being obedient and you doing what God is calling you to do to be a part of the process, right? Sometimes, sometimes you just can't spiritualize everything away. So when I say praise through the pain, I'm not telling you ignore the pain. I'm telling you to invite Jesus into it. Invite God into the gap. Invite him there. He is the God of the gap. There's no gap that's not big enough that he can't fill. There's no gap deep enough that he can't raise you out of. Not a single one. And so that's when you find yourself in that gap, when somebody else has disappointed you, you praise God. You, you know, maybe it's your parents who've disappointed you. Well, say, you know, they, yeah, the pain is real. I'm not telling you to ignore it. Invite God in it. Invite God in it when somebody else has let you down. You've let you down. Invite God in the moment. Invite him into the gap. He wants to be there. He wants to. In fact, let me just kind of, let me give you a heads up. God's already there. When you fall in the gap, he jumps in there with you. You don't have to ask his permission. He jumps in full on, just, 
He's there because he loves you. Now he just wants you to notice there he is. He's close to all who call. That's why he's close. He's right there in the gap with you every single time. Praise should have the last word, not pain. In fact, this is kind of the, I'm pretty sure, I was, I was thinking of this a minute ago as I was trying to wrap this up. I, had to, I was trying to come up with an image, and this is the image that came up. You guys ever had buyer's remorse? You guys know what that is? Buyer's remorse. You've all done it, okay? Buyer, somebody said, yeah. Because <laughs> like, that was like, I uh, spent a lot of money on things that, okay? Buyer's remorse, you've done it. A buyer's remorse is you buy something, and then you feel bad that you did, right? You, you bought an experience. You purchased something. And here's the thing about marketing, okay? And this is not a bad thing. This is a reality of what Marketing 101 is. Marketing 101 is this. They'll, they'll, they'll get a product, right? And, and so in their marketing campaigns, this is what they do. Hey, uh, there is something missing in your life, or there's something wrong with you, or there's something really difficult that you're dealing with, right? Well, this product, this service will make that thing easier, or this product is what you're missing. It'll give you and fulfill all that you need, or hey, what's wrong is you, and what you need is this, and it'll make you better. So, you know, it's like maybe what's wrong is you and like, yeah, you, you, you out of weight, you're out of weight, you know, you're overweight and you want that product that's going to get you looking, you know, give you that gains and leaning out what you want to do. It's like, oh, that's what that's the image that I want. And so you buy the product, you do this, you do that. Ladies, you know, or fellas, you buy those that outfit. I'm like, oh, what I need is this or what I got to do is that. And here I get this because I'm missing something in my life. This is why we spend money. This is why we do this. I am missing it. I need this in my life. Or there's something wrong with me, and let me get this, and it's going to make me better. And then remorse is when it didn't come through. It didn't follow through. You know, it's like, oh, this is not what I expected. Again, what? Expectations? Reality? The gap. Right? Um, this is going to make me look good. And then you put on me, the, you know, the model's looking good. Then you put it on yourself, and you look, and it's like, this don't look the same. You know, I was like, this don't look right. Look different on her. How come it looks different on me? You know, fellas, the same thing, right? You, I don't know. We all do this. We all think, oh, all I need is this. And when I get this and then expectations, this is going to make, this is going to be it. Reality, not it. Gap. And you fall into it. You know, I just had, I bought something from Amazon the other day. Anybody, Amazon Prime people? Anybody, anybody, Amazon Prime people? Okay, look. If your front porch looks like this, I think Isaac, you got a picture? Uh, if your front porch looks like this, we got to pray for you like today, okay? We got to pray for you today, all right? If this is your front porch, you, I'm not letting you leave, okay? You need deliverance, okay? Okay, if that's, if that's you. All right. <laughs> if that's you, if that's you. Anyways, okay, we're going to erase that. Look, I, I love that, too. I love seeing the packages. A little smiley face puts a smile on my face when I see it there. So, anyways, I recently bought something. It didn't, it came broken, and so I, I know. We've all done, we've all done this. We've all experienced this. But listen. Listen, buyer's remorse means you buy something, it was not what you expected. It did not fulfill, it did not make the difference. Well, and there's going to be things all the time you have, but let me tell you something. The one thing that you never have to have remorse over is putting your trust in Jesus. He will never let you down. He will never let you down. Whatever your expectations are, in fact, Jesus exceeds all expectations if you let him. He will exceed all your expectations if you're faithful and you hang in there long enough. Jesus never wants the reality and be like, I'm going to try this Jesus thing out. And then boom, if it does, which I know some of you probably have been there. Maybe you tried the Jesus thing out and be like, uh, it's not what I expected. I thought it was going to be this. Maybe your expectations were the messed up ones. Maybe the reality is not. Maybe you just, maybe God wants to help you with your expectations on what you were thinking. But listen, every single one, David said it, man. God has never disappointed me. 
He came through every single time. And I can't help but to praise him. Praise will have the last word. Not my faults, not my failures, not my mistakes, not, that, not anything. My legacy is going to be what God has done in and through me. Because I didn't deserve any of it. And he did it anyways. Listen, that praise should have the last word. In fact, last night, and we're going to wrap up with this. Last night, I was uh, yesterday, we were just out and the kids were playing. And, and I wanted to have just a moment. So I, I sat in a chair. I'm in our, our driveway, and I'm looking up at, at this little recliner chair we got or whatever. I'm looking up, and I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the trees. My, my, I got you know, a tree in my front yard, and I'm just seeing the wind just kind of blowing. And I'm just thinking about wind, just wind. Do you know how happy you got to be just to think about the wind, okay? You got to be happy if you're just going to think about wind and nothing else but wind. All right, and that's it. And I was like, I caught myself in that moment. I'm like, oh my gosh. And so, and, and the reason why is because when I, I'm, I was trying to do the same exercise that I'm telling you to do, that it, when you look back at your life, you know, I know you can be disappointed in yourself and man, missed moments, missed opportunities, things that could have been that weren't because of you, because of things or that happened. Listen, man, I try to live that every time I look back, I try to look back and I was looking back and I was realizing, I was realizing how good God was. And I started realizing, man, Lord, you were doing this, and I didn't even ask. You were over here, and I didn't even see it. You were over there, and I didn't get And so I just, I was just so happy of just realizing who my God was. I could just be chill for a moment and just think about the wind because I just couldn't think. I couldn't help but how God made me feel, how good he was, even though I know some of you, you look at me, I'm like, you know, bro, well, what could you be disappointed about? I know sometimes, you know, pastors will get a, a thing, right? You get an image, you know, you get an image of, of stuff. Listen, I've disappointed, I've disappointed way too many people. There's things that I can go back and wish I could do again because I'm disappointed that I didn't take advantage or that I did it wrong or horribly disappointed in myself. Attitudes that I've had, you know, being selfish here and there. But the whole time I look back, I'm like, man, as many times as I've disappointed myself, God has never disappointed me. God has never disappointed me. He's never let me down, regardless of how many times I let myself down, I let other people down, I let him down. God never is going to let me down. I just couldn't help but to praise him. I couldn't help but just to sit in that peace and awe and say, man, you are too good. You are too good. You are too good. And so today, guys, as we walk out of here, I'm not giving you all the answers. We're going to be breaking this down as we go. But listen, disappointment is real. And there is something that you can do that makes a real difference when you fall in the gap. And it's praise your God in the gap. Praise him in the gap. Praise him in the gap. Because Jesus is big enough to bridge that gap. Jesus is big enough to bridge that gap. In fact, let me put that one last image up with the cross. Jesus is big enough to bridge that gap. He is good enough to bridge that gap. He is good enough every single time every single time Jesus fills the gap of whatever your expectations are or were in your reality Jesus can take you from where you are to where you need to be every single time he will never let you down never fail you so you guys need to we need to develop that discipline let pain let pain I'm sorry let praise have the last word not praise let let uh, pain be second I'm not telling you to ignore it. Invite God in it. You guys know that David actually, there's a psalm in one, the Psalms 22. He says this, that the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. You know what that means? 
When, the, when you praise God, you bring him into the situation. When you praise and you look to who he is, how good he is, despite how bad your circumstances are, you are inviting him. You are making a big daddy chair for dad to sit in. That's what you do. You are making a big daddy chair. Y'all got daddy chairs in the house? You know, it's like the chair where it's like, hey, hey, get off. You know, it's like that's, that's daddy's spot. That's mommy's spot. Anybody got a daddy chair in the house? Usually it's a recliner, the fat one, right? Maybe the cup holder on the side, all right? The massager, okay, whatever. And so, like, you know, there's a spot. There's that spot. Listen, God has a daddy chair. Y'all know that? Y'all know that God has a daddy chair? It's called praise. It's called praise. And when you praise God, you build a daddy chair saying, man, my, my circumstances might be awful, but my, my God is too awesome. God, I need you here in this right now with me. And so when you're in the gap with whatever it is, maybe somebody's situation, struggles, whatever it is, when you praise God, you are saying right here, I'm, this is not going to be the end of me. This is not going to have the last word. God is, I'm going to make him a chair. He's going to sit in it right here, and it's going to be, he's going to make the difference. He's going to fill it. Guys, you got to build him that chair. Build him that chair. You build him that chair with praise. Praise has to have the last word. Praise has to have the last word. He is big enough to bridge the gap between your reality and your expectations. So you praise God in the gap.